This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, Tank Girl, Miriam Joie. Brought to you by Surfshark VPN. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joie, and today is Wednesday, March 11th, 2020, and my guest is Judy Stanford of Gear Diary. Hi, Judy. How are you? Hi, Miriam. It's so good to be here with you. Yay. Yeah, I'm glad you're back. Uh, my voice still sounds wonky this week. Don't worry about it. I don't have the evil virus. It's okay. Oh. It's just, uh, I don't know. I've, I've been feeling congested for the last couple of weeks. Maybe it's allergies. Who knows? I think it is allergies. Honestly, I think anyone with body aches, a sore throat, a little bit of a low-grade fever, and coughing right now, it's probably allergies, but we're all thinking that we've got the virus. The virus. Um, the virus. We're actually, you know, we're not here to talk about the virus per se. I've been kind of dodging <laughs> no. the subject on the show, but I think we should talk about not really the virus, but more like how it's affecting things. Uh, towards the end of the show, we have some some topics related to that. Because it's yes. really making a huge dent on, on our lives as media and journalists and bloggers and YouTube creators right now. So, Absolutely. Um, but the show must go on. And I'm excited about the, the news that actually dropped the day that I recorded the podcast last week with Ryan Hager, which is the Oppo Find X2 Pro and Find X2 non-pro. That were mm-hmm. announced, uh, that were supposed to be announced at MWC. Speaking of the virus, and uh, those things are this phone is is baddie. I have a review in it. I unboxed it yesterday. I haven't set it up yet. Uh, I have other things to do, unfortunately. But today is the day I'm starting to use it. So maybe next week I'll be able to tell you folks what I think. But this thing's a beast. And if you're, you know, in another market than the U.S., where people only know about Apple and Samsung, I think mm-hmm. that this phone might be a really good alternative to the S20 Ultra. So, really? Yeah, what, what is your thoughts? Have you looked at the specs and the, and the various things? I have things? looked at the specs. The first thing I want to know, though, is the review unit that you got. Did you get the black ceramic version? Because it looks really nice. No, they sent me the orange-red uh, vegan leather with gold accents ah, version, the which I have to okay. say is... Uh, you know, looked a little over the top on videos and photos, but and when I finally got it, I was like, oh, wow. It's <laughs> so nice to have a phone that has a back made of leather again. Yeah, or yeah. That, that tactile leather. feel. Yeah. It's, it's nice, yeah. So anyway, I got it. It's a, it's a beast. Um, it's beautiful. It's a big phone. It definitely feels so, less, less beastly than the S20 Ultra. It's not as big. Uh, but uh, it's still like one of the, those, you know, bigger phones, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I like a bigger phone. And to be honest, I actually put in an order for the Ultra. And I'm not sure if I'll keep it, but I like a big phone. And I was playing with Michael Josh's the other day, and I really liked it in hand. So, yeah, <laughs> back to the wow. Oppo anyway. <laughs> no, that's good. I mean, we're going to be doing a lot of comparisons anyway. So, yeah, um, yeah. so let's run down to the specs real quick. Uh, first, the sure. best specs of everything. Snapdragon 865, of course. Mm-hmm. X55 modem for 5G. Uh, now, because this is a Chinese phone and it's meant for most of the rest of the world, uh, it does not have millimeter wave 5G. It only has sub-6, which probably makes mm-hmm. it a little smaller and lighter. Uh, it does have a 4,260 milliamp hour battery, which is pretty good, but definitely not to the scale of the 5,000 milliamps on the Ultra. It has Right, a, but aren't they saying it only takes 38 minutes to charge that battery, though? Which, to me, is incredible. So, yeah, that's the kind of the killer, yeah, the killer thing here is that it does have a 65-watt charging capability. That's crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the charger that comes in the box is about the same size as like a MacBook 12-inch charger. Like the, the it's, a, oh. it's a pretty sizable brick. And mm-hmm. it like it's very much, so this is Super VOOC 2. V-O-O-C is what Oppo calls their super fast charging. And it's very much the same technology that's used by OnePlus. Uh, you have to understand mm-hmm. that and I think you know this, Judy, but not necessarily my audience, that Oppo and Vivo and uh, OnePlus are all part of this group called BBK in China that shares technology. And that's why, you know, a lot of their specs end up very similar, right, because of it. And so the, mm-hmm. the fast charging, the 
the what used to be called DAS charging and now it's called whatever it is called now on OnePlus is the same technology. So now this is like the latest, latest, latest of Oppo's SuperVOOC, which is SuperVOOC mm-hmm. 2.0, and it's 65 watt. You can charge the entire phone in half an hour. That's insane. So now you need a proprietary charger, as I said, the big, large. It's not Mm -hmm. just like you can find a a MacBook USB-C charger that's 65 or more watts and plug it in and hope it will work. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't use PD. Uh, It supports PD charging for, I think, up to 15 or 20 watts or something, like regular, Mm -hmm. you know, what you normally think of a high-speed charging. So it's compliant with PD. But it's using a proprietary, essentially, cable and charger. And the cable doesn't look proprietary. It's USB Type-C, but it, it needs a special cable. It won't feed the amount of juice into the system unless it sees both the charger and cable at the, at the other end. Interesting. Uh, yeah. And the same, same with OnePlus. If you try to ever use the OnePlus charger with oh, a yeah. normal USB-C cable, it just doesn't charge fast anymore. It, right, it gives right. up. So that's the same thing, except the brick is bigger. And the way they're doing it, Judy, is they actually charge two batteries inside the phone in parallel. Hmm. So instead of one big battery, they have two smaller batteries and they charge them simultaneously. What's the reasoning for doing two batteries like that? I mean, because I get you can it on charge something much that's faster. a flip phone, but okay. You can charge All much right. faster. They've been doing this uh, with their SuperVOOC for about a year now. Um, the Oppo R17 Pro that I had last year, that I actually mm-hmm. took to MWC last year, was the first phone that they'd made, I think, that had the dual battery so that it can charge that way. And if you think about it, that's how electric cars charge, right? They don't charge sure. the entire pack. They charge these modules inside the pack all simultaneously, right? Mm-hmm. The nice thing about this is that it puts a lot of the heat outside the phone, right? Uh, you, you don't have okay. the charging like circuits inside the phone, et cetera. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty clever. In fact, when I unboxed my phone yesterday, I plugged it into my, I was lazy. I didn't want to find a European <laughs> adapter for the charging brick because I had a European prong. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, I have a OnePlus charger here. I'll just plug that into it. Now, it wasn't a super VOOC. It was the old OnePlus charger. But it, it's, it says, oh, charging with VOOC 1.0. Like it actually tells you what it's using. Oh. It, it says like, oh, it. like it says, you know, slow charging. Then it's like basically charging off of like a, you know, USB port on your MacBook sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, or even worse, like, you know, the, the brick that comes with the iPhone, like the five watt brick, oh you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so that's what would be so slow charging. Like, and then it would say it's charging rapidly if it was PD. I mean, it, these are not the exact words it uses, but I'm just sure. kind of paraphrasing. And then it, it yeah, tells yeah. you what level of VOOC it's using. It doesn't say like it's using... It says like SuperVOOC or VOOC. It doesn't say like which version of SuperVOOC it's using. But in my case, I plugged it in and it charged it in about an hour and a half because it's the old VOOC technology. But I was like, oh, <laughs> look at that. You know, people always say, oh, you know, a lot of PR people in particular. I, I, honestly, it's funny to me that it's the same with um, Honor and Huawei, you know, mm-hmm. same companies really. But they don't, want you to say, they don't want you to say that at all. They get really mad if you do. Um, but I feel the same with Oppo and, and OnePlus. It's like, look, your chargers, even though they're branded differently, work. They recognize. Like, yeah. how are you not part of the same group of companies? Like, you are sharing technology. It's a fact. Anyway, it's, it's very <laughs> impressive. But the, the downfall, the, the bad side of this, Judy, is no wireless charging on this phone. Yeah, that's not good. Which, as you know, Samsung has been doing forever now, including reverse charging, including on mm-hmm. things like the Galaxy Z Flip, which we're going to talk about a little bit further. Mm-hmm. But it's it's interesting to me how, you know, even this is a $1,200, $1,300, if you translate the price, flagship from Oppo, and it doesn't have wireless charging simply because it's not a thing for the BBK group. As you know, it's not a thing with OnePlus phones either, although right. there's rumors right. that the one the 8 is going to finally get wireless charging. So... I was kind of so let's talk realistically though. I mean, I love wireless charging and I love it to the point where there are a lot of times when I will not put something on a case, you know, like a pop socket or something along those lines, because I don't want anything that's going to interfere with wireless charging. But I know that there are other people who don't really care. They just want the faster charging that they can get from being plugged in. Do you think it's that big of a deal if a phone doesn't include wireless charging? In I mean, I think it's starting to be a hindrance. I, I think a year ago mm-hmm. I would have been a little bit more uh, you know, easy about it. But I feel like today, if you're making a phone that's $1,300, mm-hmm. 
screw yeah. you for not having wireless charging, yeah. okay? It's like, give me the wireless charging. You're charging me enough. And I understand. I've had this conversation with people at OnePlus, and so I can only assume that the entire BBK group has the same philosophy on it, um, mm -hmm. is that they don't want to introduce wireless charging on their phones until they can charge at 30 or 40 watts. Mm-hmm. Now, Huawei and Xiaomi, I don't remember which is which, but one of them is 27 and the other one is 30 watt wireless charging now. I think the Mate 30 Pro that I have, that's actually my backup recorder right now for the podcast, that mm -hmm. thing's using, I think, I want to say 27 watt wireless charging. Now, you need a custom charger from Huawei, a uh, yeah, custom wireless charger to make that happen. You can still charge a 10 watt on any Qi charger. Mm -hmm. um, that's the big problem, right? Like in the same way as Oppo, a super fast charger is not the same as Huawei's super fast charger, like wired charger. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the Mate 30 Pro chargers at something like 35 or 40 watt with the, the one, the, the charger in the box. But, you know, in the same way, like they're not, these are not PD, these are not like standard. So Qi yeah, there's is just, no standard. <laughs> yeah. So for this Oppo, sorry, not Oppo, for this a Huawei and, and Xiaomi wireless charging technology, fast wireless charging, 30, 27 watt, whatever it is, they are not, first of all, they're not compatible with each other. And secondly, mm -hmm. they fall back to Qi, thankfully, just like the wired charger falls back to PD. Uh, but it's like, until we have a standard, I think this is going to be a, this is going to be an ongoing problem for for mobile. It tech. is an ongoing problem. Didn't we run into this with the Pixel Three as well? I mean, it I would mean, wirelessly yeah. charge, but it had to be Google's proprietary one Correct. to get a faster charge. Yeah, very annoying. Yeah. I have the Google Pixel stand on my desk because my main phone is always a Pixel, and same. And I charge with it, and it's super fast. But as soon as I use mm -hmm. my old Nokia Qi charger, like ten watt. Everything is just like, it's overnight, but it's also healthier for the battery. So I think that's the other thing you, you should consider listeners. If you are buying one of those, any modern high end phone that, you know, you shouldn't always necessarily charge with the supplied charger and or supplied wireless charger, because these are going to maximize speed. Yes. But they're putting more stress on your battery, right? Like that's, you're not mm -hmm. going to like, you experience probably a loss because you're all early adapter tech savvy folks that buy a new phone every six months, <laughs> a year, maybe even a year and a half. So you're not mm -hmm. going to notice in that time. But if that phone makes it in the hands of somebody in the secondhand market, they're going to start noticing battery deterioration faster. So keep that in mind. Um, it's hard on the batteries, no matter what you do. It's yeah, the same you need to mix like, it up. Yeah, it's the same with charging my Tesla. Tesla says, you know, if you supercharge all the time, you're going to see more degradation than if you plug it into your wall outlet or use like a level two standard charger mm -hmm. uh, half the time. So it's a compromise, right? It's like on a road trip, of course, going to be supercharged because I don't want to wait around while I'm right. having lunch, right? I wanted to go as fast as I can and I'm willing to take that hit in, in longevity for, for the performance of the speed of it. And it's the same, I think, if you're charging your phone overnight, I really strongly suggest find yourself on Apple Brick, plug a USB-C cable into it and charge overnight. Like it'll be charged in the morning after six hours, right. don't worry. But you're just putting so little stress on the system at that point that it's actually a good thing, you know? Yeah. So, and if you have an That was your Qi, public service announcement for the day. Right. PSA. <laughs> if you have a Qi charger as well, an old one, like I have a Nokia one that's from like the days of before Nokia was even with Microsoft, because, you know, Nokia was one of the earliest adopters of Qi, and wireless charging has been around for a really long time. It just stagnated mm -hmm. forever. Uh, you know, Qi uh, has been basically the standard 10-watt or 5-watt Qi was around for, for a really long time. Um, and so I have these pads all over the house that are really old. But it's nice for overnight. Like, you just throw something on it, and you yeah. know it's universal. It'll charge anything that says Qi on it. So... You know, from my Samsung watch to my earbuds that I have that are wireless mm -hmm. to, you know, phones. It's, it's remarkable, really. Standards are a good thing. Um, yeah. So the other thing that's really crazy about this phone and there's the cameras, and I want to get into that just yet. Um, back mm -hmm. to the Oppo Find X2 Pro. I, I had to think for a second. It's such a, a mouthful. It's not as bad as it is a mouthful. some phones, but... Um, the display on this is crazy too. It is not as big as the S20 Ultra. It's 6.7 inch, not 6.9. So it's more like mm -hmm. the, this is the size of an S20 Plus. Right. And it has, get this, Quad HD 2K, 
That's not unusual. <laughs> 120 hertz. That's also starting to be a thing. But mm -hmm. this phone can do both at the same time. Yep. Because yeah. you know, on the S20, you can only do Quad HD 2K or 120 hertz. If you do 120 mm -hmm. hz you're down back to 1080p for the display. And if you do 2K, then you're back to 60 hertz on the display. So, yeah. wow. So this thing is like killing it for display. Also, the, uh, the refresh rate on the touch input is 240 hertz, meaning it's super responsive at touch. It's like the iPhones, you know. Yeah. Um, Apple's been using those super fast uh, 240 hertz uh, touch sent layers for a while now, and you can really tell the difference because of it. Um, so also what's interesting is that the Find X original was super sleek looking and super high-end looking. This does too, but this is much more of a traditional design with a camera pod in the back and a hole punch in the left top corner of the display rather than what the Find X was originally, which was... That was a, like a pop-up wedge, right? Yeah, it, had a, it, had, it was one of, one of the first pop-up, but the entire top of the yeah. phone would pop up, right? With the front-facing right, camera. Right, like a wedge instead here. of just a little, a little piece, yeah. Yeah, and the dual camera in the back was also hidden when the camera system was, was down. So you had this really sleek-looking thing. But they mm -hmm. listened to their customers and everybody says, we need an IP68 water-resistant phone, please. Yeah. So they went back to this design, which I think is way more traditional. But look, vegan orange, red, whatever that color is, <laughs> leather with gold accent is very Chinese in, in the best of ways. You know what I'm saying? Like it's mm -hmm. super bling, but elegant and tastefully done bling. And, yeah. you know, might not be for everyone. I think the, the ceramic one is probably the more, you know, reserved and, and kind of uh, elegant solution but it's also going to be a fingerprint magnet where the one oh, that it's you've gonna got be a nightmare will but be it's gonna so be also, nice it's gonna be super durable which is really great too because it's ceramic right. but um uh -huh, yeah so you have choices you have choices i think the ceramic one is slightly more expensive though um, well they usually are didn't one plus do a ceramic version a few a they few did models the, back uh, i want to say yeah x a few years ago and it was mm -hmm. ceramic i had both i had the white one non-ceramic and i had the black one ceramic fancy that was a, that was a sexy phone but yeah, you know, it didn't do well at all. It was a mid ranger at the time, and they didn't sell, yeah. and they stopped making mid range phones. The only regret mm -hmm. I had with that phone, everything was pretty much okay on it, except it didn't have any kind of fingerprint ID, and that was just becoming a thing then. And I was like, yeah. oh man, I'm starting to get used to that. Anyway, back to the Oppo. Um, we talked about the chipset, you know, Snapdragon 865, of mm -hmm. course. Uh, but here's the other specs 12 gigs of RAM, and then it has this is the best part it has. 256 gigs of uh, UFS 3 storage, which I think is pretty dope. Uh, that makes the file system very, very fast, which I think yeah. is really, really cool. So, yeah. So, the, I mean, spec-wise, this thing, it has, it has all, all the things, you know? Like, other than so, realistically, though, if you're in the United States, are you going to be able to find this? So, yeah, you can import it. So, that, I don't think, is going to be a big issue. Um, there's also, by the way, a 512 gigs version of this phone. Uh, but Yeah, um, I was just looking at but that. Because I want to say there's no card slot. So there's no memory card support on this. Uh, you can't put um, SD card. Mm -hmm. uh, that's pretty common on BBK group phones. OnePlus doesn't have SD cards either. Right. So I feel like they've ticked all the boxes except for wireless charging at this point. No headphone jack. You kind of expect that. I'm not going to be mad. Stereo speakers, yeah. though. It has the earpiece at the top is a left speaker and the bottom firing... What normally would be the mono speaker is the right speaker. Um, I haven't tested it yet because I need to set it up, but I'm sure it's, it's, it's decent. Um, I, I haven't run into a flagship recently that had bad audio for speakers. Yeah. Um, so you answer, to answer your question about availability, I think, look, if you are in the U.S., you're not, you're not going to buy this phone if you want 5G, number one. Mm -mm. Even though it has 5G, low band and mid band, it doesn't have any of the bands that work in the U.S., as far as I know yeah. at this point, uh, which is a problem for sure. But but it might have AT&T low band, but it definitely doesn't have T-Mobile low band. It doesn't have N71, which is the T-Mobile mm -hmm. 600 megahertz low band. So you're going to be using this phone as an LTE phone, first of all. That's the first thing you have to decide. The second thing is the software. And, and that's always the big tricky thing with Chinese phones. Mm -hmm. It's gotten better, as you know, from using Huawei and Honor phones. Mm -hmm. They've really improved drastically their user experience to make it more 
I don't know, I'd like to say palatable to the Western tastes in terms of like what we expect an Android experience to feel like rather than mm -hmm. trying to copy iPhone behavior. They're trying to go, oh, right. well, we're going to do our own thing or we're going to do, we're going to try to copy Google's behavior a little more. And we're seeing that uh, on this phone as well. ColorOS is what they call their Android. This is Android 10, of course. And their ColorOS mm -hmm. is usually very uh, colorful, I would like to say. <laughs> but, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's fine. It's, it's certainly, um, I haven't played with mine yet, obviously, but I've, I've heard from watching other people's uh, hands-ons and stuff that it's much more toned down, which I think is a good thing. That because I've used I've used Oppo in the past and it's just been like oh my god <laughs> what is this this is is this even Android, um so yeah yeah so, I don't want that I I prefer a more stock Android experience so I'm, I'm glad that they're toning it down. So that's the other thing you should be aware of. So when you buy this phone, no 5G in the US, not gonna happen. <laughs> so that's a big question mark, right? The next thing is having an OS that you don't quite sure you're not quite sure when it's gonna receive updates. You're not quite sure uh, if you're going to like it because, you know, it's not very pure. But here's the thing. I have found that with all these Chinese phones, and I've used all of them, Xiaomi, all the ones that have kind mm -hmm. of problematic skins, which is Xiaomi, Oppo, Vivo. Vivo is the worst right now still, I think. And Huawei Honor. I think Huawei and Honor and Oppo have really made the most effort. Xiaomi is still a little out there, mm -hmm. uh, all getting better. And Vivo is like, oh, my God. Um <laughs> It's, uh, it's very strange. I haven't used a Vivo phone in a while, so maybe it's better now, but it's to the point where like for a while there, the, you know, the settings turning on and off Wi-Fi, those shortcuts, instead of being at the mm -hmm. top, we're at the bottom, like an iPhone. Oh yeah, that's weird. Yeah, like stuff like that. And you're like, no, mm -hmm. no, no, hashtag no, <laughs> this is not happening. This is Android people, okay? Right. Uh, but you're not going to get any of that here. So it's, it's, it's fine. Um. So that's the other thing to keep in mind, updates, things like that. But here's the, here's the reason why you should consider this phone over an S20 Ultra. If you are going to buy this phone as an import through one of the trusted importers, it'll probably be sold on Amazon from some of the trusted importers. It's the mm -hmm. cameras you need to buy this phone for. This thing is insane. Like, just like the Galaxy S20 Ultra is insane, but I think this is insane in a more like, I feel more confident about this insanity than Samsung's mm -hmm. insanity. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> let me explain why. Okay. I so think the, you should explain that. <laughs> yeah. So the front camera is pretty much what you'd expect from a flagship. 32 megapixel, f over mm -hmm. 2.4. That's not super fast lens. It's a wide angle, but not ultra wide. So here's the thing about that. I am pretty confident that this will shoot at eight megapixels by quad binning those 0.8 micron pixels four to one. So I, I haven't tested that yet, but looking at the specs, this is basically telling me it's one of those sensors where it's 32, but you divide by four, you're gonna get eight out of it. And you're gonna be able to get 1.6 micron pixels by combining those 4.8 micron pixels into one. The end result should be that in low light, this thing should take pretty great selfies. So. That's the selfie camera. Now the back camera is where it's getting really exciting. Like mm -hmm. all flagships today, it has three cameras. It has a telephoto, an ultra-wide, and a regular or main wide camera. Mm -hmm. And the numbers on paper don't look crazy. Like this looks very much like super high-end, but not like 108 megapixel like the right, S20 Ultra. Right. Not 64 megapixel or whatever, 48 megapixel on the telephoto like they're doing. Not, nothing like that. It does, however use Sony's new IMX689 sensor, which is mm -hmm. the cat's meow in terms of sensors today. It's a new sensor, so we don't really have any other phones with it yet. But everything that I've read about it tells me this thing is going to be killer. And here's why. Sony last year, not last year, but the year before actually, came out with the IMX586 sensor. It's a 48 megapixel sensor. It's the first 48 megapixel sensor. And it's on a lot of phones from 2019. And on most of these phones, it's a really good sensor. It does the pixel binning, quad bare. So the output is 12 megapixel out of 48. And uh, it has 0.8 micron pixels and it bins them four to one. So that is, hasn't changed with this new sensor. What's changed is the pixel size. Instead of 0.8 mm. microns, they've gone to 1.12 microns for each pixel. Meaning you now have 1.12 microns times two, which is massive amounts of light. 
So, so for somebody who's not super versed in what all of that means, what will it mean for them when they take a photo? It with means this that camera? you should be able to do some incredible low light photos with this camera. And then combined, and this is for the main camera, and combined mm -hmm. with an f over 1.7 aperture, which is a very big aperture, it means it lets a lot of light into the camera. It means, again, low light, this thing, sh this thing should be a low light champ. Should be a killer, yeah. Correct. Now, Samsung's doing something similar with a 108, but they're doing a, a binning of nine pixels instead of four. So basically, the way binning works is you have a bunch of pixels on on the sensor, right? It's just like a screen in reverse, right? You have like mm -hmm. pixels, but they, instead of creating light like a display would, they gather light. And the more light a pixel can gather, the better the quality. So think of it as buckets. Imagine you have an, you've created an array of buckets on the, on the floor in your garden. You've just put like, say you put like 16 buckets, right? Mm -hmm. You have four by four. If it rains, the amount of water the buckets can hold is the amount of lights those pixels can gather. As you know, depending on the size of your bucket, you're going to get more or less water, right? Right. This is exactly the same thing. So if you see a small pixel size on a sensor, 0.8 micron, for example, less than one micron, that means the pixel, instead of buckets out there, you have cups on the ground, mm -hmm. right? So now you, when it starts raining, meaning you're trying to take a photo, it's going to fill up real fast and you're going to run out of ability to capture that light and you're not going to get as much light and you're not going to get as much water and your picture is going to suck. So <laughs> yeah. now instead, if you have buckets... It's better, right? So that's always been the right. principle. But imagine now, if you were smart, what if you put a lot of cups down, a lot of them, and instead of buckets, and now you have 48 mil million of them instead of 12 million <laughs> buckets, right? So uh -huh. imagine it rains now. Four of those little cups next to each other can be considered one bucket, yeah? Mm -hmm. Because all Absolutely. four of them together contain more water aka light so that's what pixel binning does when you see sensors with 108 64 48 megapixel even 32 for the front facer on this on this uh, oppo it's not the pixel count that matters it's how they combine those cups into buckets mm -hmm. it's called binning you make a bin of pixels and a bin usually has to be a square thing. Pixels are square. So you basically want a bin that's either one pixel, right? Or four mm -hmm. pixels or nine pixels or 16 pixels, et cetera, right? 16, nobody's mm -hmm. done yet. What Samsung's S20 Ultra claim to fame is that it's the first to use a nine by nine array of cups turned into a big bucket. And it's, it's effective. You basically end up with a, 108 divide by nine, which is, I believe, 12 megapixels, right? Uh, because you're now mm -hmm. combining nine of these pixels together and gathering a lot of light. So that's what Samsung is doing. What Oppo is doing is a combination of the best of both worlds. Instead of using cups, they're using buckets to start with, but then they're binning the buckets into larger buckets, <laughs> right? And they're doing barrels. Four. Barrels, not buckets. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Barrels is great. So they're using barrels, and, and that's why I think this thing is going to be insane. They're taking photos. I would love to see photos taken with it. That sounds great. Um, I, from what I hear so far, people are really impressed. So that's, as a camera buff in mobile photography, I'm really mm -hmm. excited about that. I'm also excited about S20 Ultra, but of course, we're going to talk about that in the next topic. Getting a review unit has been uh, almost <sighs> impossible. And so yes. I don't want to spend money on that, but, but let's talk about it later. Uh, let's finish up with the cameras on this and move on because I want to talk about other stuff, but the cam the other camera is yeah. also pretty interesting. So remember I told you that 48 megapixel sensor with the barrels instead of buckets this year is amazing for the main sensor. Well, guess what? They didn't just do that for the ultra wide. They went with last year's sensor that was 48 megapixel. The one that we saw on the one plus 70 and all the other mm -hmm. phones. The one that used cups and turned them into buckets, the IMX586. So this has last year's top-of-the-line main sensor as its ultra-wide sensor with an f over 2.2 aperture and autofocus, which means that you'll be able to use the ultra-wide to do micro shots. Nice. Just like the Huawei P30 and yes. Mate 30 do. Yes. So that's very exciting. Also, I forgot to say the main sensors obviously got optical image stabilization. You'd expect that. 
Now, finally, the telephoto, the, the, the zoom lens, is mm -hmm. a periscope lens, like one of those folded lenses, just like the Galaxy S20 Ultra, just like the P30 Pro last year. It's five times optical zoom, it has a 13 megapixel sensor, it has one micron-sized buckets or cups, or, well, they're not barrels because they're pretty small. And it has, of course, OIS. So this camera system on paper is like, wow. And it, just like the camera system on paper for the S20 Ultra is wow, except for the S20 Ultra, it's wow, then you start scratching your head because you're like, how are they doing this exactly? Whereas right. with this, it's wow, and you totally immediately understand and go, oh, okay, this is really, really good specs, and there's nothing to discuss here. It should be really great. And as you know, right, Judy, because you've you've done this for a while. No, for a while. Specs specs don't mean anything, right? Really, it's in the the proof is in the pudding, right? So exactly. But here's the thing: Oppo has not disappointed me over the years in terms of imaging. They've always been super solid. They're kind of like one of those hidden gems where it's like Xiaomi. You pull out a Xiaomi phone, you take a photo, and usually it's great. Mm -hmm. So you got to give them credit for that. Um, so that's it. That's the Oppo. Find X2 Pro. The non-pro version doesn't have a, a folding like telephoto lens, and it doesn't have. It, it basically they sacrifice on the camera side a little bit to sure. reach a lower price point. But pretty much everything else on the non-pro version is similar. Uh, very much like the S20 Ultra versus the S20 Plus, for example. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that is it. Um, so we started talking about the review and it's. Uh, the reason I'm bringing it up is because Samsung's been super stingy about review units in the last year. It's accelerating. It's getting worse. Even the top publications only got one day with yep. the uh, Z Flip, which yep. is crazy. So I decided to go ahead and buy one, and I bought one. I bought one a Z Flip with my own money. I'm going to return it. I'll be honest. I can't really afford to keep it. I love it, though. It is... Is flipping great, is what I said in my unboxing it's flipping great. video. It does have a fantastic build. Um, I, I really was impressed with the one that I played with. And I could see where, like, throughout the day, especially if you were at your desk or something, you might leave it flipped open all the time, you know, yeah. maybe sitting in the charger or something. And then um, being able to just pocket it. That, I love it. I really do. I looked at the... Um, the Moto and was not nearly as impressed with the hardware, so... Samsung made something that I think people can be proud of, something that they'll enjoy pulling out of their pocket. And yeah. I noticed that you bought the unicorn color, of course. Yeah, of course I bought the unicorn <laughs> color. I actually had to wait quite a bit, which Aww. is part of the reason I'm so behind because I could have gotten the black one. See, this is what irks me, Judy. Let's go on a little rant together because I'm sure okay, that's right. Um, the thing about Samsung and the review units, like if they had reached out to me and said, Miriam, we have very few devices, and when we do have devices, we're going to give them out to the top publications for a day. And please keep this to yourself. I would have been, mm -hmm. you know what? Great. I'm going to pre-order one. I'm going to go ahead right now, as soon as pre-orders go live, and pre-order one. I didn't you know this known. until later, yes. and then now I couldn't get one. I couldn't even pre-order one. It took me this long to get my unicorn version. Yeah. And now I'm so behind the news cycle that thankfully this is you know, not my main gig, so I'm not dying from the lack of of you know seo income but i can imagine for small publications like yours this is a killer you don't have access you have nothing right well and that's the thing too had i thought that we would get a review unit um i wouldn't have ordered and i probably put off ordering a little longer than i should have just because i was kind of hoping but that's okay it's okay um we aren't going to be the first but when i do a review on it i know it'll be good it'll right, be as exactly. thorough as i can possibly make it and i think my readers appreciate that but I also appreciate the other sites that get them immediately where I can take a look and check it out. But I was lucky enough to be able to go into an AT&T store here before any of them were actually out. And I was able to play with them there. Um, wow. It was nice. Yeah. So that's that's when I was able to decide that I would really be happy with the Ultra versus the Flip, which was my first choice. And I don't know. We're going to see. I'm, I'm hearing disappointing things about the cameras on these, but I'm hoping that updates will take care of those issues. and. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. for me, the thing is, I feel like there are two separate phones that I need to get my hands on no matter what. And this is, mm -hmm. you know, the ultimate goal. If you're like us, this is for our listeners. If you're like, like Judy and I and you 
have a blog or a podcast or a YouTube channel and you're not at the top of the heap, you need to hustle to get these devices as review yes. devices. And yes. you don't always get them right away and sometimes you don't get them at all. But usually you do. Look, I got the, I obviously clearly got the Oppo Find X2 Pro mm -hmm. four days after it was announced. So it's possible. But Samsung in particular has been really bad about this and that's causing issues. I certainly can buy this this flip and return it and have 10 days with it whatever i think 14 days is best by 14, return yeah. policy mm -hmm. but i'm i'm going to be going to be cautious and try to return after day 12 or something uh and i can do the same with the s20 ultra it's just not knowing ahead of time really disrupts the schedule and for me who's yeah. an imaging centric reviewer not having the s20 ultra is a big gap because yes i can have people on the show like i have for the last three episodes who've played with the ultra and actually have a review in it and can tell us how they feel about the camera but i can't speak with authority and say this right. is I, I agree with you this is it you know la, la. so for me the s20 ultra and i'm trying really trying hard to get a review unit i've been kind of harassing them a little bit <laughs> i should say <laughs> never <that>. no i mean <laughs> let's say let's say that's not the right word let's say that i've been uh, persistent You've and been let's persistent. see what happens um I think it might just take some time. I'm pretty sure my carrier friends are going to come in and help me here like they have in the past. Thank you, T-Mobile. Thank you, Verizon. Uh, thank you, AT&T and Sprint. You know, it's it's the reality, but it it's bugging me. And so because they were very clear that it's pretty obvious I was never going to get a Z Flip from anyone, I just mm -hmm. went ahead and bought it for 14 days. And I love it. I have to tell you, I think the <laughs> S20 Ultra is going to be a great phone for other reasons but this to me if you're going to buy one this is the if you're going to spend $1400 on a phone right now you know that is a Samsung phone this is i think mm -hmm. the Z Flip is the one because here the reality is this you take a Galaxy S10e from last year mm -hmm. you add a Snapdragon 855 plus instead of a regular 855 you remove the dual aperture camera system like the one that could switch between whatever it was f1.5 and 2.4 and you put in a f1.8 lens in, uh, in there, and, and then you, you split it in half and make it fold. And that's basically what you have. So it's a really solid Samsung Galaxy S10 kind of phone mm -hmm. uh, that just happens to fold, and you're paying double the price for this folding. If you go into it knowing all that, you can make that decision and decide for yourself. You know, it's not water resistant. You have sure. to be aware of these things, but in everyday use for the last four days or so, I can tell you this thing is awesome. I love it, love it, love it. It is, feels like the future in my hand. It feels so well built and made compared to the Fold or the Razer or any mm -hmm. other weird prototype-ish thing that I've played with in the last few years. This thing feels like it can take quite a beating, to be honest with you, as long as it's not directly the screen itself that gets you know, scraped or whatever, sure. I think this thing will be okay. I've got it in the supplied transparent plastic shell that snaps on mm -hmm. the front and back so that if I do were to drop it, um, it wouldn't get scuffed up. I keep it closed most of the time anyway. The nice thing about putting the plastic uh, cover on it is it reduces the fingerprint magnet effect quite a bit. Right. And also it stays put if you put it down on a surface. It doesn't slide. Because if you use it just as glass, apparently this is the most, the most slippery phone. Even if you put on a mm -hmm. wireless charging pad, it'll slide off of mm -hmm. it over time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so are you bothered by the crease at all? It seemed like it wasn't really awful whenever I was playing with it next to a Galaxy Fold. So um, I honestly think that I, after two years, I've kind of forgotten about it. Um, mm -hmm. I don't see it as much. I feel it more than I see it. Sure. But here's the thing. This, you know, ultra thin glass con that has brought quite a bit of controversy, which we discussed right. on previous shows, is a, is a real thing. Like it, this thing feels like a glass screen. Mm -hmm. I know it's got a plastic cover on top of that glass, but the way it pushes back at your finger feels like glass. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. And I actually, having the fold next to the flip, well, like I did whenever I was playing with them, the difference in the way the screens felt to me, it was very noticeable. I liked yeah. the flip screen. So The flip screen feels fantastic to touch. Mm -hmm. Honestly, look, this phone is killer. If you want to be the you know hot kid on the block and you can afford it <laughs> and you were going to buy some like flagship and you don't need the latest, 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 
Like this is this is absolutely a solid phone all around. I have no issues with the camera. I think the camera is really solid. It's very much like an S10 last year was. Of course, you don't have a telephoto, but you know, as I said, it's like the S10e. Um, yeah. And I love the fact that it's got the fingerprint sensor on the side, like the S10e, because it's fast. You don't have to worry about all the, you know, the S20s right now. A lot of people are complaining that the ultrasonic sensor is still a wonky. You know, the S10 yep. had that problem last year. You'd think that Qualcomm and, and Samsung would have fixed this by now, but no. Like the Oppo that I have, the Fine X2 Pro, and, and all the other modern phones I've been using have an optical sensor instead. And that thing is bulletproof, right? But mm -hmm. I still prefer a fingerprint sensor on the side or the back because on the display, you have to look at it. You have to know where to press. It's, it's right. disruptive. Whereas I can reach in my pocket and tap on the back of my Pixel 3 XL or tap mm -hmm. on the side of my Galaxy Z Flip and know it's unlocked. You know, before it comes out of my yeah. pocket, it'll be unlocked. It's done. I don't have yeah. to guess. I just, that to me, there are some advantages to this design. And um, yeah, I mean, look, so far, I don't think, absolutely don't think it's for everyone. But if you have the money and you want a flagship and you're a careful person, but you want something that stands out and that is really the, anyone experience the future, go out and buy a Z Flip. It's a lot of ifs, and, right? Yeah, and honestly, if you're if you're financing it like through AT and T or you know one of the other carriers, it's it's not a horrific upfront investment. I mean, if you've got an upgrade ready to go, you might as well use it for that. If you're curious about it, give it a try. Yeah, and the nice thing is, you know, you can return it after a few days yeah. if you don't like it, and then you can spend the same money on an S twenty Ultra and have a big brick <laughs> in your pocket. Hey now. <laughs> No, look, I, I actually think that for most people this year, if you're not going to buy a Z Flip, if you want the latest Samsung flagship, I don't think you want to buy the S20 Ultra. I think you want to buy the S20 Plus. I agree with you on that. It's size, though. I actually, holding that in my hand and that seeing it next to insane. my Pixel 4XL, I was like, But here, here's the you thing, know. Judy. Have you, have you played with the, uh, the Note 10 Plus last year? It's almost no. the same size, but it's yeah. sleeker, slider. It's honestly feels even more futuristic because got that's even more bezel-less than the S20, all three of the S20s, in fact. Because, you know, the S20 mm -hmm. no longer have the waterfall display, for better or for worse. Which, by I'm the way, glad. that's one of the things I don't like on the Oppo Find X2 Pro that we just spent half an hour talking about. I didn't mention <laughs> it has a waterfall display that goes over the sides, like the OnePlus yeah, 7 Yeah, I'm not a fan. Not Pro, a fan. Like the OnePlus 7 Pro. I don't like it. Uh, yeah, and, I like and a I'm glad screen. that Samsung has gone back to a regular, more flatter screen on the S20. But here it is, though. If you look at the S20 phone, that design, it's very generic and boring. You look at the Note 10 Plus, that thing looks like it's the phone out of the future. There's almost no bezel anywhere. And to me, if you want a big screen phone right now and you want to want to spend a huge amount of money, uh, buy a Note 10 Plus or buy the S20 Plus. Uh, but here's the reason, the only reason you want to buy the Ultra, in my opinion, other than maybe the biggest screen that you can buy today, mm -hmm. I would say it's the camera. But the problem is the camera is super flawed. Everybody yeah. that I've had on the show right now has told me that because, as I said in describing the specs, the specs are wow, but then scratch your head because there's a lot of stuff you, you doesn't make much sense and is a very big gamble. It, it shows that there is a lot of stuff that isn't sorted yet because this, they're really bleeding edge. And I, I want to, mm -hmm. I'm not like, I want to thank Samsung for pushing the envelope in imaging by going bleeding edge and doing something that makes us scratch our head. But the reality is from everything I'm hearing right now from everyone who has all three phones, S20s, mm -hmm. that this, the plus is the one. The plus is the one. It, it has all the awesomeness of the ultra and none of the camera quirks. As long as you don't plan to zoom to 30 times every time you take a photo, you'll be fine. Right, right. Well, I guess I've got two weeks to figure out. Yeah, that's right now mm -hmm. the thing. The, the 108 megapixel sensor gives you tons of detail, more than most phones, but autofocus on it is, because it's such a large sensor, autofocus is really, mm -hmm. really problematic. And this is not just something that can be fixed in software. This is the very nature of the optics of the system. And they're going to improve it, but it's never going to be as good as a 12 megapixel sensor that's smaller, like that's what on the S20 um, or 48 megapixel sensor, on, like on the Oppo. And that's the reality because of the physics of it. Um, and then the, the crazy zoom they did is, is crazy because it's a combination, it's a hybrid, it's a combination of a large sensor cropping and uh, an optical zoom. And, and that brings a whole bunch of issues along with it. Um, but it's pretty solid up to 30x, which is mm -hmm. very impressive. 
And that's, you have to ask yourself, do I want to spend, you know, 400 extra dollars or 300, whatever, if you buy it, right, right. 20 plus the difference for just these two things, a little more detail with autofocus problems on the main lens and, oh, I can zoom up to 30 X and good, good photos. That's a lot of head scratching for me. Yeah. No, I get it. I just liked how it felt in my hand. I liked the screen. I'm interested in the camera, but we're going to see how flawed it is. And yeah, one of those things where I'll be I mean, very don't grateful get me for wrong. the two weeks. I'm glad you pre-ordered. I think you should, you should definitely, I would love to hear your take after you use it for a while. I'm going to hope that I can get a review in it from the carriers. And if not, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to buy it from Best Buy and return it mm -hmm. after 14 days because I do need some time with this camera system, mostly with the camera system. Now, I really don't care too much about the rest of the Galaxy S20 phones. It's just going to be like any other flagship. And I already have pretty much the same guts on my desk with that Oppo right here. So right. Um, it's actually my first um, Snapdragon 865 phone, this Oppo here. Uh, so that's exciting. Um, yeah. Anyway, so my Z Flip experience has been quite lovely. And I have to say that, you know, I don't know if you get that much more buying a Galaxy S20 today, like the base S20. You know, right. you're getting a slightly bigger screen and you're getting 5G and a telephoto lens. That's about it. If that all matters to you. If you, you love you know, the and, Flip so much, why don't you, why don't you find a way to keep it? I mean, it, it's, seems kind of tragic it's like a love story that's being broken up well so. I, i'm also you know somebody who's done this for a long time like you <laughs> and mm -hmm. i know that six months from now i'll be in a drawer and i won't use it at all so absolutely it just it's not realistic if i really yeah. feel like i miss it i can always buy another one this is true but it sounds like you already miss it and you haven't even got rid of it yet which makes me uh -huh. think that the phone is talking to you and you might need to listen I, I have to say that if you asked me two days ago i felt that way i was like i'm not returning this and now i'm actually mm -hmm. like nah you know exactly what's gonna happen you're gonna use this for four <laughs> weeks and it's gonna yeah. be in a drawer somewhere and you're gonna be every time you see it you're gonna be like, dope fourteen hundred dollars um, <laughs> right so, oh no absolutely that was me after i bought the iphone xs max i got the google pixel 3 xl shortly after that and a phone that i was making payments on sat idle on my desk for a year and a half and now i'm using it as a trade-in on the ultra so there, you there go. we go <laughs> i haven't done a trade on any phones i'm i've been tempted but every time reason prevails it's like i wanted to buy the oneplus 7t pro uh, mm -hmm. which has 5G on T-Mobile because I'm a T-Mobile customer. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and I got a review in it, but they wanted it back pretty quickly. So I'm like, I'm buying one. It's so cool. 5G is so awesome. <laughs> and then reason prevailed. I was like, you know that this phone doesn't even support millimeter wave, which T-Mobile has. It's mm -hmm. going to be basically completely obsoleted by whatever OnePlus 8 version T-Mobile gets mm -hmm. next. Like, don't bother. Like, I could have used an upgrade on that because on T-Mobile, I haven't upgraded in like years. Like, I'm eligible for two upgrades on two lines. Same with AT&T. Mm -hmm. I've got two lines. I'm eligible for two upgrades on two lines. And, and just, it irks me the idea of buying a phone that's unlocked, that's tied into the carrier that I have a payment on. It's just like, it's rubbing me the wrong way because it's everything that's wrong with the phone industry today. I get it. I get it. Oh, I know. I could have bought that Z flip from AT&T on an update, but instead mm -hmm. I was like, nope, I'm going to buy it from Best Buy unlocked. Mm -hmm. I would have bought it from Samsung Direct because they have a zero dollar refund policy, return yes. policy, where there's a restocking fee for uh, for Best Buy. But mm -hmm. uh, Samsung, I heard horrible stories of people returning their phones and not getting their money and stuff. Um, Ooh, that's not what I want to hear. That's who I bought mine from. Ah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I, I did a lot of research, and you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? In the sense that right. you're going to see more negative stories uh, in course, various forums, and you're going to see positives. But it just scared me enough. Whereas I know that with this, I can just go to any Best Buy store anywhere in the US that I happen to be and say, here, here's a phone. Right. It's in perfect condition. Right. Please give me my money back. Thank you. Keep your $45. We're done. <laughs> and, and Theo looked at me as, and like was, why don't you just eat the $45? You're going to make that back in a YouTube video, right? I'm like, yeah, that makes sense, actually. So that's what I did. Um, let's see. What else we got on the topics list? Uh, Pixel 4a. Um, some leaks and rumors. Yeah. So, so 4a. So the Pixel 4a has got me very titillated and excited because I'm not a, I'm a pixel person, but I'm very disappointed. <laughs> I'm disappointed, Google, with the 4 because there's so many issues, so many things I don't like about it. 
that the 4A yeah. almost feels like the perfect phone for me. I don't know if well, you saw the Well, it seems like they're bringing back they're bringing back the fingerprint reader on the back, is that correct? Yeah, so headphone jack, fingerprint reader headphone on the jack. back, yes. right? So simple, single camera, but it's going to be awesome just like the Pixel 3a was. Exactly. But unlike the 3a which felt like a cheaper, much cheaper 3 mm -hmm. with a lot of top and bottom bezel and didn't feel like a 2019 phone, this thing looks the part. This thing looks like basically an iPhone 11, so it's got that consistently equal a uh, small bezel all the way around. It's not trying to hide its bezel, but it's very balanced. And it looks very, I don't know, mm -hmm. attractive to me. And then it's got, you know, to be also modern, has a pull punch corner mm -hmm. front camera. That to me is very appealing. The back, it's like a, a simplified version of the camera square that's on the 4 series. Right, uh, right. And that's totally fine. And a single lens, all that is great. I also hear the rumors that there's three versions. There's a 4A 4G, which is going to be pretty cheap. Then there's a 4A uh, 5G and then a 4A XL 5G. And I'm asking myself, you know, this makes me, reminds me of talking heads. And you ask yourself, you know, who's my beautiful wife, etc. Right? Um, <laughs> yes. And I ask how myself, did I get here? <laughs> yeah, how did I get here? I ask myself uh, with a Pixel 4A, why do I need a 4XL? which right now still doesn't support most of my banking apps for fingerprint unlock, has that right. horrible forehead. It looks unbalanced and ugly as sin. Yes, it has a great telephoto lens. I, I admit that. But the reality is how often do I use telephoto? Not often. So here's my question to you. If I were to, like for myself, buy a phone that's my main phone, if I were on T-Mobile, for example, where 5G is pretty widespread now, Mm -hmm. why not buy a Pixel 4a XL 5G, which is going to have a larger battery because it's bigger, has a big mm -hmm. screen, has a good camera, just a single one, you lose the telephoto, has a fingerprint reader, no weirdness with my apps, yes. has a Snapdragon six, uh, 765 from all accounts, which is going to be almost as good as an 865, which is probably going to be very close to an 855 on the 4 and 4 XL. Mm -hmm. Why not buy that? And it looks better, and it has a headphone jack, and it has five G. Like, I'm much. And doesn't better it start at three ninety nine? Isn't that that where they're throwing that out there as a starting price? Which I think Honestly, was the um, even at five hundred bucks. Well. Yeah, yeah. Even at six hundred bucks, that thing's a steal compared to a Pixel Four every day of the week. This is true. So this is my question to you. Like, I actually really feel that it's very possible that my next phone, my daily driver that I'm going to keep for a year, might be the four A five G XL. Because I always have an Oppo Find X2 Pro if I want the crazy telephoto lens, okay? Right. I have review units. I also have a, an iPhone 11 regular mm -hmm. in my pocket that kicks ass for video and photos. Yes. So it's not like I need Google's best sauce. I need Google's <sighs> most sorted sauce. And I feel that the 4 Series non-A is very lopsided. In, in very way, it it does some things really great and it completely fails at being a flagship in many ways. I agree. And so the 4A, I'm willing to forgive it fails at some things because it's not meant to be a flagship, number one. And number two, it seems way more balanced overall. Mm -hmm. It seems like, yeah, you, you, the only thing you're really losing, probably wireless charging because the 3A didn't have it last year. Right. That would be a bummer. But you're probably losing the cameras, the, the telephoto, and that's basically it compared to a 4 so everything else and you gain 5g and you gain a nicer looking more balanced front design so do you get the feeling that the 4a is the phone that the 4 should have been in the first place i think the 4a should be the design of the 4 right the design i mean obviously the the guts are but more updated it to 11 in the, 4, in the guts but... yeah what what yeah, i think yeah. the 5 might if they're smart and they're listening to us which i don't think google is because google is in their own little universe going la 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 covering their ears at the entire industry uh i think the pixel 5 should be the 4a's design with the best guts you money can buy 5g mm -hmm. on tri-band and triple lens system in the back with a telephoto ultra wide and regular because they didn't Absolutely. do the ultra wide and i'm still butthurt they didn't do the ultra wide i think everybody is yes and i don't want any bezels i don't care about the soli radar chip mm -hmm. if you do the face id thing you better have also an in-display fingerprint sensor for all these apps that don't support your new apis exactly 
I mean, get it right, Google. It's not complicated. If you're gonna spend, a, if you're gonna sell a phone for a thousand dollars like you do, I expect a hell of a lot more. Yes. No, I agree. I mean, for this to be this many months after it came out, I mean, yeah. I'm still having to manually enter my passwords into so many of my banking apps, and it's like, why, why was this not addressed? I, I, mean, I went I back to my Pixel 3 XL. That I did. I, I know you did. Every time I see you, you pull out two phones, and one of them is the one you use every day, which is your 3 XL, and then you still have the 4 XL on you. And I'm just like, why should you have to do that, though? I know. I don't don't know. get me wrong. I hate the 3 XL too, but for different reasons. <laughs> Lack of RAM. Well, you can find something to hate about every single and phone the that's bathtub, out there. The bathtub notch is terrible, but uh, anyway, um, it's better still than the 4, in my opinion, for my needs. So. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. Moto Edge Plus rumors. There's been a bunch of rumors around this flagship, finally a flagship from Moto. We don't know much mm -hmm. about it, but it looks killer and supposedly has a headphone jack. Wow, a flagship with a headphone jack? Yeah, um, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> um, I mean, this is not the first rumors. I've skipped the other rumors, listeners. So, um, if you read up on, I'll put a link to an Android Police story. My buddies at Android Police here. Um, it definitely looks like we're getting a super high-end flagship with very much the same kind of crazy display as mm -hmm. the uh, Mate 30 Pro, where it wraps more than halfway down the sides. Yeah, I'm I'm already not a fan of that. But the other thing that's interesting I. about it, yeah. The bottom line is this thing looks pretty kick-ass and. You know, it's Moto, so it could be good. I hope this is not just an exclusive with Verizon or something. Could be a really like solid phone. They, hopefully, they do yeah. that all the time. Every time they, they, it's like, look, we made a great phone, and then pow! Oh, I accidentally shot myself in the foot by making a Verizon exclusive. Oh, so yeah. I don't know. Hmm. I guess we're gonna see. I mean, I've been disappointed by um, some Moto things, the cameras, things like that. So I'm wondering if if this will be much better. Yeah, I mean, look, bring it on. I it's time for it's time for Moto to give us a real flagship, not one of those Moto Z, you know, blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, some of the other specs look good. I mean, it's got a huge battery, um, twelve gigabytes of RAM. Can't yeah, complain 5, about that. Yeah, five thousand hour battery is the rumor. Uh, yeah, yeah. The display is only ten eighty p and ninety hertz, which is interesting considering now we're looking at two K displays with one hundred twenty hertz. Mm -hmm. Um, but. Hey, look, I'm not going to complain. I was sick and tired of these, you know, Moto Mod phones. Not that the Moto Mods were, I mean, they were cool, but we're kind of over that now. And then the yeah. G Series has always been super solid, but it's not a flagship, okay? Like, give us something no. we can sink our teeth into. And this is 5G, and I don't know, looks looks cool. But yeah, like yeah. it says here that it would be a two version of Verizon and rest of world. That immediately tells me that they're going to have a Verizon exclusive. And that is mm -hmm. just like... Mm. Go go home, Moto. You're drunk. <laughs> yes. Okay. I mean, basically. Well, let's see. I mean, basically, these phones. Well, not the Pixel 4a because that was supposed to come out for I/O, which is canceled, as we know from last week's show. Everything's uh, canceled. <laughs> everything's canceled. Uh, there's a couple of virtual events coming up. Yeah. That are Nokia, basically Huawei. the the what I quote unquote not MWC as I've been calling it the trade show. Uh, yeah. Here are some not MWC news, which is basically what should have announced, been announced at MWC. There is rumors of a uh, Nokia 5G flagship that could uh, be launched at some virtual event on March 19th. This mm -hmm. thing has the James Bond merch tie-in all over it, apparently. Mm -hmm. So it's you know going to be supposedly the phone the phone that James Bond uses in the new in the new movie. That has also been delayed because of the virus, by the way. Right, right. Uh, it's supposed to have like a Kevlar case or something. Anyway, um, I'm happy and looking forward to seeing a Nokia flagship again. A real like, like, like the Moto Edge Plus. Like something, no no reservation. And not something completely weird and out of left field like the Nokia 9 PureView was. Mm -hmm. But something that is more like, okay, let's, let's follow tradition and... Let's, you know, polish the edges and make something solid that doesn't try to reinvent the wheel too much. So, you know, I'm I'm on board. Like, I'm a big fan of what Nokia's been doing, even in their third reinvented iteration of this <laughs> Right. Hey, I have a lot of fondness in my heart for Nokia. So yeah, I, I really hope that, that this is a good phone for them and it does well. Yeah. And then the, 
the final virtual event is going to be, we don't know yes. where it's going to be because it's virtual, but I think it was meant to be in Paris originally is the rumors. Yes. But March 26, we should finally get the reveal from Huawei of their flagship P40 Pro and P40 or P40 series yes. uh, imaging monster, which will compete directly with this Oppo Find X2 Pro that I, we discussed at length and mm -hmm. with the S20 Ultra, which we also discussed yes. at length. So I'm yes. super excited. I have made a request already for reviewing it. So mm -hmm. hopefully that will happen. I am pretty confident it will happen. It might not happen right away, but you know, I did get a Mate 30 Pro eventually, so yes. uh, hang tight. And hopefully we can do the GMS thing where we can trick the phone into regaining all of its Google abilities, which I've done with every Huawei phone and Honor phone I've received since, since the ban. The and it's worked yes. very successfully. I have proper Google support on all my phones, so it's very exciting. Um, I'm excited about the P40 because Huawei never disappoints when it comes to imaging. I agree. You know? I agree. So, yeah, it kills me that this is still going on between the United States and Huawei because oh I feel God. like their phones, they're the phones that I feel push the other phone manufacturers Correct. to like do better. And if we're not even getting access to these phones in the United States, it's like what what will compel Samsung or Apple or anyone else to keep pushing boundaries other than just, but you know, you know what? a ray of hope here is that I'm seeing what Oppo's doing with this Find X2 mm -hmm. Pro. And I feel like by not making like this crazy, almost prototype -y thing like they did with the Find X where the top mm -hmm. slid up and stuff, they're doing much more of a mainstream design here and they're pushing the boundaries really hard. Like last year, I didn't feel like they really had a flagship, for maybe the Oppo R17 Pro, but it just didn't, it didn't fit into the, the narrative. Whereas this really is immediately competing with the S20 Ultra and with the P40 Pro. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I feel that some of that slack is being taken up now by Xiaomi and Oppo BBK Group and that the OnePlus 8 is going to be a very expensive and fancy phone unlike what we expect from a, from a OnePlus because OnePlus has managed to position themselves as a basically a premium brand now. And... Uh, an affordable premium brand, but nonetheless a premium brand. So I think that, you know, as much as I hate to see that Huawei is not as easily attainable anymore, right. especially for US folks, I think that the other Chinese companies are, are keeping Apple and Samsung on their toes. I feel that they are stepping up, but I also feel like most people in the United States will not have heard have of no it. no idea. Yeah. yeah, they have no idea. And I mean, obviously, the people listening to your podcast or looking at our yeah. sites, you know, they don't they know. But the average person who walks into a carrier store and buys their next phone, all they know is iPhone, Samsung. That's it. And maybe yeah. LG. But that was true when Huawei wasn't banned. That's true. But I, I mean, feel think like about it. In the heyday of the May 20 Pro... Um, mm -hmm. you know, when we went to London together, when everything mm -hmm. looked very exciting and hopeful in the world, when we didn't have a pandemic virus yes, grounding us to our chairs <laughs> in our homes and killing our status. And I was about to say, but also actually killing people. So again, this is a first world complaint, Yeah, good, good <laughs> yeah. Point. but also uh, preventing us from getting uh, hands on and access yeah. to phones in a timely manner. It's really hard to give you guys good content on my YouTube channel if I can't get hands-on with these phones. So yeah. this is, you know, people don't understand why we are so sad about MWC. It's, it's so many things here. It's the, the fact that, you know, as journalists, it's one of the few times of the year with CS that we all get to hang out. Yes. Um, because we are so used to working virtually. Like we talk to each other on mm -hmm. Facebook and WhatsApp and Telegram mm -hmm. and other media all day long, all the time. But we don't see each other until we go to these trade shows. And then, Getting our hands on the stuff so we can report it back to you yes. folks is the thing. And so this, you know, virus obviously is a big deal in many ways. are way more disrupting to the economy and everything else and to people's lives than our little petty issues. But right. it is affecting our businesses and you should be aware of that. If you are in a position to support us through our various donation system, for me, it's PayPal. For some people, it's... Uh, patreon mm -hmm. please do please click through the ads you know because it does help us and does keep us alive so be aware of that click our ads <laughs> yeah we should wrap it up do you want to tell folks where they can find you on the internet judy 
Yeah, I'm at GearDiary.com, and you can also find me on Twitter at, at GearDiary, and our site on Twitter is at GearDiarySite. That's right. You should all go there and check it out. It's exciting. Thank you, Miriam. That yeah. means a lot to me. It's so great. Um, I love that you review all these accessories and things that you, know, <sighs> you don't usually see anywhere else, and you do it in this very, you know, in-depth manner normally you know a lot of it is like you see these amazon reviews and stuff and it's just like you you don't really know who to trust if you're looking <laughs> for trustable reviews go to gear diary folks trustable i think you just made up a new word trustable yeah I like trustable very good <laughs> yeah so anyway uh you know where to find me on the internet i'm at tankerl that's t-n-k-g-r-l like the comic book character tankerl without the vowels on Twitter and on Instagram, that's my handle, at Tank Girl. Uh, you should uh, do the Twitter thing if you want to correct me about something on the podcast or comment about something on the podcast or basically discuss the podcast because there's really no unified way of commenting on a podcast. So go on Twitter and talk to me there. Instagram is where you'll find pretty pictures of phones and of things taking with phones because I like to take lots of photos with phones. Mm -hmm. And then there's a YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash mobile tech podcast. Duh. And you can get uh, some great videos there, uh, like my unboxing of the Galaxy Z Flip. Uh, very soon you'll see an unboxing of the Oppo Find X2 Pro. I also do review videos and hands-on videos and stuff. So from like last week, we had the, uh, the LG V60 hands-on on there. So check it out. It's pretty cool. It's a nice visual complement to the podcast. And if you listen to the show by accident, you just happen to pick it up somewhere and you want to subscribe, Go to mobiletechpodcast.com and please do subscribe. Do tell your friends. If you are on one of the podcast platforms, we're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, and other places. Uh, look for Mobile Tech Podcast or Tank Girl there. And uh, please rate or review if you have the ability to do that on your platform. Uh, it would help us a lot. And I'd like to take a minute to thank our sponsor, Surfshark VPN. Surfshark is a VPN service that makes online privacy protection easy and attainable. Surfshark encrypts all internet traffic sent to and from your devices and ensures that your IP address remains hidden to make sure nobody can see what you do online. On top of that, they block ads, trackers, malware, and phishing attempts. And unlike other VPN services, you can use it on as many devices as you'd like simultaneously. I use it when I travel to protect my privacy when I'm on open Wi-Fi hotspots and say I want to access Netflix US when I'm in the UK. I can do that with Surfshark VPN. Another example is the other way around. Say that I'd like to see a UK show on Netflix, but I'm in the US. Well, Surfshark VPN lets me do that. So that's how I've used Surfshark VPN both while traveling and when at home. And now I'd like to share the love. I want you to try out Surfshark for yourself with my exclusive limited time deal. Click on the description below or go to surfshark.deals slash mobile tech podcast. That's surfshark.deals slash mobile tech podcast. Thanks to Surfshark VPN for sponsoring the show. So that's it. That's the show. Thank you so much to our sponsor. And thank you so much to you, Judy, for being on the show again. I really appreciate having you on. Thank you for having me, Miriam. All right. We're going to have another show next week, folks. So please stay tuned for that. And until then, cheers, everybody. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com